everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Crime and Coffee Couple. I'm Mike. And I'm Allison. Sure are, man. Welcome. Uh, this, I tell you what, this whole video and audio thing's been quite an interesting experience. I'll say that much. It has been a production. Yeah, yeah. I mean, literally, a audio and video production. That's true, Mike. Yeah, so I mean, we're just scrambling in here. I've, if it even gets to YouTube ever, it's like a complete like miracle, I would say. So, I mean, well, we're beginners, so we, are, we, are. we don't know what the heck we're doing. No, but thanks for being along for the ride. Yes, so, we appreciate you being along on our journey. Yeah, in the meantime, it got like a light, it got like some other stuff. We're adding, I got a, like a tablet from Amazon, so that's kind of exciting. Um, I mean, so far we've sunk like hundreds of dollars into this whole thing. And, so let's uh, hope it pans out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So thanks for listening. Uh, if you could give us a five star review on Spotify and Apple uh, Podcasts, it helps us out quite a bit. And other than that, I mean, we are uh, increasing uh, every week with our uh, listenership. So thanks a lot for listening. We appreciate so if it. you're new to us, we appreciate you being here. And if you've been with us all along, we appreciate you as well. Absolutely. Great way to say it, Elson. You're a true <laughs> pro. You know that? So, Mike, what's been going on with you this week? Well, I've been doing like the uh, annual kickoff, the sales kickoff for our, my company. It's called GKO, and um, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of different speakers, so like just all day long. It's virtual, so usually we go in person, um, but it's virtual the last couple of years because of COVID, obviously. Sounds like hell. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's um, it, it's uh, learning a lot of stuff, and it's like exhausting, even though I've been sitting there all day, pretty much just like this. Well, um, I think that's the exhausting part is just right. sitting there. Yeah, just sitting it's, there. That's torture to me. Absorbing everything and just like, huh, at the end, and we're like, all right, let's get on the podcast. We're like, all right, let's do it, because we enjoyed this. I yes, mean, this we do. Fun. We get this to hang is, out with each other. This is nice. Yeah, yeah. How you been doing? Um, pretty crappy. Yeah. Um, Our dog, sadly, passed away on Monday. So it's Wednesday right now. So just a couple of days ago. So I'm kind of still just reeling from that. It's always tough. It's yeah. Always tough. Um, she was 15 years old. Chihuahua. Name was Stella. She was a terrible little dog. <laughs> yeah, she was pretty bad. Yeah. But she was like my little sidekick. She just was my lap dog. So everywhere I sat, she wanted to sit with me. Um, and, you know, we've had her for longer than we've had kids. So she's been on a long ride with us. And she just started to mentally deteriorate um, where she would just like walk in circles or just like wander through the house for hours at a time. And then we went away this past weekend and she just rapidly went downhill. So we just had to make the tough choice. And so I've been kind of just like off. I've been exhausted. My stomach's been just not well. And yeah. Just sad. Yeah, it's no fun. And our other little dog, uh, our newer newer dog, Poppy, she's been kind of stressed out by the whole thing a little bit. And yeah, she's been vomiting a lot. Yeah, she no finally, fun. now it's almost 24 hours, thank God, that she hasn't been sick. That was stressful in itself. So Agreed. it's been a rough couple days, but, you know, we'll, we'll get through. The kids are doing okay. They're sad, of course, but they understand that it was time. Yeah, and they've been through it, like, what, four times This is our now? fourth time. Is it? It's our fourth time. We've lost a pug, two cats, and now our chihuahua. Right. And again, that's what happens when you buy all your pets at the same time or close to it. So over the past four years, we've had to say goodbye to four pets, and it does not get easier. No. No. But that's the cost of loving something so much. Okay. So this show is for our uh, little Stella Bell. Yeah. This is dedicated to our Stella Bell. And she'd probably be growling at us right now if she was (laughs) right here. So... 
Okay, so yeah, it's been a tough week, but um, hey, you know, at least we get to talk a little bit of a little bit of crime and craziness. I guess. And I said that we're recording this on a Wednesday because again, we're going away this weekend. Oh it's, yeah, it's gonna be exciting. We these forty-two-year-old uh, bones can't handle all these weekends away. It's uh, we're getting pretty old. We are getting pretty old. Uh, going to Universal Studios. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. It's been very cold in Florida, which again, wah wah for the people that live up north. But being at the beach in the forty-degree weather, it's. It was cold. It was. I mean, <laughs> it really it's a, was. It's a different cold here in Florida. It's the humidity. You know, people are always like, oh, it's nicer with the humidity in the summertime, but it's not. I mean, that's absolute hellhole of a sauna down here in, in the summertime. But in the wintertime, the, the humidity makes it like bone chilling almost. Like, yeah. And even our friends from Chicago and our family, they were freezing down yeah. here. So yeah, just goes to show. Yeah, and uh, you put it on Instagram, and uh, you're so cold on the beach, and one of your friends like, what's uh, pray tell is so cold on yeah. the beach? Yeah, I'm like, like, trust me, it's cold. It was, bo- I mean, I had like six layers, had to give most of my layers up to the kids, because uh, <laughs> they were cold too, and I didn't, didn't want to see that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we got through it, thank goodness. Thank goodness. Yeah. So, so are you ready to get going? I'm ready. I mean, let's see how this goes. It's been a busy week, and if I missed anything, we'll find out here shortly. Well, I'll crucify you if you miss anything. So Folks, play your cards right, kid. If if something does happen to me, it's definitely her. Because if you hear like a thump and then yeah. all goes quiet, yeah. call 911. Well, even if like next week, all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, Mike couldn't make it this week. And then, <laughs> and oh, then the next week, Mike still couldn't make it. Yeah, two weeks. Everything's fine. You know, Mike decided not to do this anymore. He went to Tahiti. Yeah, why don't you, somebody check on me, would you? Because uh, she's, I mean, just at my throat i'm the, the worst no no you're a good kid so um this is uh in in my tradition i usually do things a little bit differently when i have time to tell the story and um this one is a little bit different than our others so it's not a murder oh per se okay um and a crime there's a crime committed at some point but it's more about strangeness interesting i like strangeness yeah yeah and you have to tell me if you've uh, heard of these yeah and i've got my clipboard ready if in case you're watching the video because us you know we're as we're aging our brains you know aren't processing as quickly so yeah. we have to take notes it's good to write it down so this is the story of the gibbons twins oh okay okay so june allison Oh, yeah. Allison. June that's Allison, my name. Jennifer Lorraine. So that's the And my names. my name is Allison as or Allison Jennifer. Yeah, so. why don't you give the, your social security number too for Um it's four three two six eight. No. Oh shoot. Yeah, Ooh, that was close. Shoo. So, anyways, June Allison Gibbons and Jennifer Lorraine Gibbons were born on April eleventh, nineteen sixty three. Okay. Two beautiful twin babies. They were born to Aubrey and Gloria Gibbons, and they're from Barbados. Oh, Barbados. Mm-hmm. They arrived in England in nineteen seventy. Aubrey, the father, was in the military, the RAF, Royal Air Force. Okay. So they were moving around a lot. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, the part of why they came from Barbados is uh, staying in England. And uh, that's, that's where they were. So, you know, at first they had no problems or anything like that. They were, you know, pretty healthy little baby girls. But unfortunately, the girls had trouble speaking. Okay. And uh, they noticed they were delayed in their speech patterns and everything. Um, they also had speech impediments, uh, both pretty much the same, you know, like they say, um, identical twins pretty much have everything like mm-hmm. DNA and everything. I mean, they're, they're identical twins, right? It's basically the same cell broken off. Yeah. So, um, if one has something, the other one more likely too. So, yep. They both had speech impediments, made them really hard to understand as they were learning to speak as well. So they developed their own language. Or a dialect, which I guess, you know, upon looking into it, happens a lot between twins because they're always together and they're developing at roughly the same speed and everything. Well, and like you said, they're like on the same wavelength. Right. So they had developed their own language or dialect so they could easily interact with each other, but not necessarily their parents or anybody else. So their parents didn't understand this dialect that they invented? Right. Okay. Yep. 
So they figured nobody else, uh, not even their mom or dad, could understand them. So they would kind of play off of each other. Now, can I ask you what age they were when they started this? Uh, later. So like, yeah, you know, at first they couldn't really even talk. And then so it was like later, yeah, you know, three, four, you know, around that area. Well, one would expect a child to start talking, you Round know, at one. what, like nine, ten months, they say mama, dada, et cetera, right. yep. and then it slowly builds from there. Right. So they created this dialect as they got older? Yep. Okay. And someone would, like, ask them a question often, and you could kind of see them check with each other and uh, kind of look and be like, should I answer this? Or? I wouldn't like that, because it's no. like, I'm not asking your sister, I'm right. asking you. Yeah. And you are twins, but you're two individual people. Exactly, exactly. So someone asked them a question, they'd look, kind of look at each other before they answered. Okay. Almost checking, is it okay to, to, to answer? So um, they seem to be annoyed with people asking them to repeat themselves all the time, because they had, you know, obviously the speech impediment, and they didn't talk as fast as other people, so mm-hmm. they'd always hear, what, what, what? And so they, you know, eventually went to the rooms, they're like... Why don't we just stop talking to people? Well, it gets frustrating. I have, um, you know, stroke patients at the hospital sometimes, and I feel terrible when I can't understand what they're saying because I can only imagine how frustrating it must be to not be able to express yourself. Right, right. And, you know, as like my mom, she's getting hard of hearing and she doesn't talk very much because she doesn't want to be, you know, kind of put people out and be a burden. And, you know, eventually you're just like, I'm just not going to talk much. Right. It's slow, a slow slope. progression. Right. Exactly. So this gone, went on for years and years, really. Um, and then, you know, we're kind of getting to, I, I like to do things kind of in a timeline fashion. So in 1974, when the twins were 11 years old, the family settled in Haverford Weston, Wales on an RAF estate. Okay. Okay. So they went to the county secondary school, which is kind of like the middle high school in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were good kids, didn't really act out, just completely silent. Um, and they were in a regular classroom. Yep. Because obviously they're understanding everything okay. It's just their, their communication. And were they in the same class? Because yes. I know in the United States, we try to split twins up, which I think is a good thing to give them their individuality. Right. I, I think that's a good thing, too. And it probably would really work well in this situation to split them up. Mm-hmm. Um, from, what, from my understanding, yes, they're in the same class, um, but it didn't say for sure either way. So that's a good question. So they're probably spending 24-7 together. Correct. Yep. And S- not having much friends outside of each other because they can't communicate. Well, also, they can't communicate and they're black. Okay, which- so um, just kind of stand out against the typical people that are in their school at the time yep there was a person that was interviewed about about the twins and he said i mean you'd see rows and rows of white kids holding hands then these two little black girls okay so already with their speech impediment they're kind of feeling separated and then their race is separating them as well correct and that lended to a lot of bullying and you know between speech impediments and um racism and other things and yeah just kind of like you know little black girls that can't talk or do they know are they stupid you know do they know english and whatever and you know this just pissed them off completely obviously right um why would you want to talk to these assholes right go screw yourself right so this also pissed off their teachers and other students so i don't know where these teachers get off like the (laughs) teachers were pissed at the girls yeah i guess because they would teach you know talk to them and they know that they can understand what they're saying okay and almost be like defiant like yeah yeah like uh kind of like you know no i'm not gonna talk and i wonder if they tried to pursue getting to the bottom of it or just kind of wrote them off i'm sure they tried you know teachers i'm sure yeah i'm you know tried to get to them try to like make friends or whatever but just continuously i kind of picture like 
you know, we have uh, uh, some family members that are hard to talk to sometimes. They just refuse to talk to you. Um, no direct family members. I, I don't want to name anybody. But right. just like when kids are little sometimes, you know, they could be hard. You to Just like, ignore you. Correct. It's like, hello, I'm speaking to you. Yes. You know who I'm talking yes. about. Yes. So, okay. Um, so, yeah, just kind of that stuff where it's like, well, I mean, you got to be able to talk. You know, if, especially if you can understand. I, I, you know, understand if you have you know, some, some issues or something, special needs, but uh, kind of, I mean, obviously they had the speech impediments, but it wasn't really the case here. All right. So yeah, like I said, between not being able to speak, uh, speak and just being black, they stuck out and were constantly targets of harassment. Um, they said they would always be asked, why don't you speak? Why can't you speak English? The more they heard that stuff, the more they kept themselves quiet. Uh, they interviewed um, this guy, Dr. John Reese. He was a school doctor. And he said, thinking back, like I said, no black people he could think of besides June and Jennifer. So I, I already told you about that. And anytime he tried to get through to them, it was just completely useless. Like mm-hmm. he even sighed. He's like, it was useless. Yeah, like tried- it's tough because they're, you know, it's just a vicious cycle. Right. He's trying, they're pushing back and then he's giving up. So that's only making them more withdrawn. And it just on and on it goes. Yeah. And also being stubborn, just like, oh, who's going to win this game? Sure. Yeah. It's like playing chicken. Yep. So a child psychiatrist eventually diagnosed them as elective mutes. Hmm. Interesting. Yep. Their school wasn't having any success getting through to them. So at age 14, they were transferred to a special education school school called Eastgate. Uh, they had a teacher there named Kathy Arthur, who is a big part of this documentary that I watched, which is actually free on YouTube. Um, pretty cool to watch it from like back in the day. Uh, Kathy Arthur was their teacher. She was told the twins demonstrated dumb insolence, which I had to look up, which is kind of like silent treatment. Okay. Um, like a, an extreme form of silent treatment. They used to call it dumb insolence, I guess, in uh, military. If like a, an underling wouldn't like respond to a, a major or a sergeant or something like that and just be like, pretend they're dumb or just like, nope, I'm not talking to you. Pretty much silent treatment. So, um, and like knowing what you're being told and just refusing to speak. Hmm. Now, did they do this at home as well? Yes. Or were the parents able to at least get across to them at all? Um, there was, you know, most of the reports were that they would just keep to themselves. I'm sure that they had some conversations with their parents, but I'm going to get into that. A little the bit dinner too. table must have been a really <laughs> interesting place. I'll tell you about that in a little bit oh here. Oh my gosh. So, uh, yeah, just generally dumb insolence is like general disrespect for authority. Mm-hmm. So Kathy was also told that the twins were negative and secretive when they came over. Okay. So pretty much get, got told like these twins suck. Like they won't talk to you. They're a couple of little bitches. Like, yeah, I'm sure all that stuff. Like just, you know, Kathy was told all these bad things. Right. And she seemed like a sweetheart. She was kind of, you know, obviously working at a special needs place. You have to be very patient sure. and try to get through to your students and everything. And also hopefully start with a blank slate and give them the benefit of the doubt. Right. So they were, t- she was also told that they didn't speak English, but instead an African click language. Now this was their made up language yeah. though yeah so they but they're the african click language like okay because i was gonna say when you say click is it c-l-i-q-u-e no click c-l-i-c-k okay yeah so um she was told all these things and she's like all right well i'm gonna take a look for myself and, and see what i can see so once kathy started teaching them she disagreed with a lot of what she was told uh kathy wanted to find out how they communicated with one another so she asked them now there, I don't know between a couple different things I heard. I don't know if she asked them or she just had up, set up a hidden camera, but um, she knew that they were communicating with each other, just not very much in front of her. So she set up a camera behind a two way mirror to record the twins while she was out of the room. She found that this was the main time they'd communicate and it wasn't an African click language. 
It was just a sped up version of English. Interesting. Yeah. There's also things I read that said it was Swahili, like a, a form of Swahili. Where would they have learned Swahili? I, well, my Barbados, I guess. But didn't they move pretty uh, soon over or yeah, no? Pretty, you know, I, I can't remember what age they came over to England. That's but a good question. I don't have the dates. So that's okay. Um, so did she record these conversations where then she could slow the taping down? So you couldn't hear it on the documentary and I didn't have software to do it, but you can like barely hear them like un- unintelligible kind of okay. like you know like you can hear that thing but i don't maybe she you know had them like right up to her ear and everything and i mean i was listening to this stuff in my ear but and there's many recordings you can hear them talk so i'll get into more of that later too okay so they could definitely talk 100 percent, no doubt about it mm-hmm. but this, this is point, just them being defiant yeah at this point she was just making sure that they can talk and she found out yes they know english mm-hmm. okay so, yeah, you can hear them speaking English while practicing with Kathy, too. So she would put these cards through this little device, and it'd be like, you know, my name is June. And they'd be like, my name is June, mm-hmm. or something like that. And, you know, kind of just kind of go from there. So no matter what test they put them through, these school doctors just couldn't put their finger on why the twins resisted to speak to everyone besides themselves. They're just saying, you know, they would talk to them, too, and they probably wouldn't say much. Like, why aren't you guys talking? You but know, in the meantime, are they getting their education? Um, I... Th- not as much as others because it's a special education area. So, yeah, they'd go through math and stuff okay, like that. But this is affecting their potential future. Yeah, because it's hard to understand. You know, mm-hmm. ask questions if you don't really understand something right. very well uh, and all that. So, eventually, June and Jennifer withdrew from their family even more and stayed in their shared room as much as possible. Uh, one more person they would speak to is their younger sister, Rosie, who shared the room with them. Oh, wow. I didn't realize there was a younger sister. Yeah, she didn't come along till later. She was younger. Okay. She must have felt pretty isolated. Yeah, yeah. And uh, as a matter of fact, I don't know if I go into this uh, too much, but they would like eat their dinners in their room alone. Oh, that would be really hard to be the parents. Yeah, Because you want to connect with your children. Of course. And, you know, obviously we tell our kids it's important that we sit down to dinner together because they're away from us all day long. They're at school. We're at work. We want to connect with you guys. Right. And they're never having the opportunity to connect with their children. It must be very like you don't even know your child. Right. And it must be, I mean, frustrating. And then you feel you're a bad parent. And it's like, what did I do? And then you're alternating from being sad and mad and, you know, on and on. A lot of different emotions. So, yeah, they did end up speaking to their younger sister, Rosie, who shared the room with them. Um, so what they really loved was playing with dolls. Mm-hmm. And so they had tons and tons of dolls. They had pictures of their room. I mean, tons, tons of dolls. And they put on these elaborate shows with each other. I mean, that's cute. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're, I mean, they, they, they wanted to communicate just with each other only because hmm. they didn't want to be made fun of, I guess, you know, and just just a very, very extreme way of, of not having to deal with other people. And an unhealthy bond between the two, like sure. shutting out the rest of the world and thinking that this one other person was enough to fulfill your whole life. It's all that matters, right? Yeah. Yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, you're kind of nailing this whole thing. So they would even record themselves and go through a story and everything. And sometimes they would do like, you know, a Cinderella or whatever. And, you know, just all the kid stories. Sure. They would act them all out or, um, you know, the cute little stuff. Like if you have a little daughter or son or whatever going through stories, like, oh, look at, that. Look at my pretty dress. Oh, thank you so much. Like mm-hmm. all that stuff. And you can hear them and clearly understand what they're saying. Wow. Like not, you know, you, you could hear the, the speech impediment. But right. But you could understand them. You can make it out for sure. So, um, 
Yeah, tons and tons of dolls. Um, you know, it's sad that they felt they couldn't really talk to anyone else. I remember thinking at the time, just being like, they could easily have communication with all these other classmates, but I think they've gone too far down the rabbit hole. Right. They're committed. Yes. At this point. No turning back. Yeah, like playing poker, you're pot committed. Like you have all your chips in the middle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's time to go all in, basically. So yeah, I mentioned you know, during meal times they'd eat alone. They made an agreement that they wouldn't chew or drink or do any kind of eating around anyone else in the house. See, that's what I was wondering, because it's almost to the point where the parents could have said, like, you are coming to this table and we are eating together as a family. You don't want to speak with me. That's fine. But you're sitting here. Yes. Well, I guess during dinner, if you refuse to eat or swallow, it's not going to work. You know, like things just kind of creep up and it becomes like Mm -hmm. normal. Absolutely. And then before you look back, you're like, holy shit, I've been letting my kid eat like drink Pepsi for every meal. (laughs) You know, not that our kid does that, but I can see that happening. And sometimes it's just easier not to fight. Yeah. Yeah. So especially at a a long day, you're like, what? Ever coming home from the Royal Air Force, you've been getting shot at all day. Yeah, you know, it's you know, a heavy, heavy thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, they agreed only to eat with each other during meals at their special needs school. They would slowly eat together. Okay. So you have video, and there was almost a game that they were playing, like who could eat the slowest, and they would kind of look at it, and then you'd watch them, and you'd know that they're fully capable of speaking and having conversations, but they would kind of look like they were like you know special needs, like um, you know mentally challenged kind uh-huh. of. Um, you know, just slowly putting it up to their mouths and just kind of looking like a zombie, basically. And you knew it was all an act. Yeah. So they kind of like enjoyed it. Were they undernourished? Um, they were skinny. Because I was thinking if you're taking such time to eat your lunch in school, you only have so much time. I think they probably gave them extra because they were they showed a video of them just both sitting there okay. by themselves. So, um, yeah. And so, you know, most of the time they'd be ignored by the classmates because they didn't talk to anybody else. Mm-hmm. So not a whole lot of room for social interaction outside of each other. Um, yeah. So like I said, they'd be eat slowly and deliberately, always being the last two people at the table. Uh, the funny thing is they got sick of always being thought of as the twins because, you know, like you said, they lost out on their, ident- their individual own, identities. Yeah, identities. Exactly. So in 1977, when the girls were about 14... June wrote a letter to her teacher, Kathy. Okay. She said, it'd be a good idea if we separate. I think one should go and one should stay here. We act stupid when we're together. Some people think we don't want to separate, but we want to because it really is the best thing for us. Well, that's a big step. Yeah. And at the same time, Jennifer wrote a similar letter to Kathy as well. And here's Jennifer. It'd be good if we separate. We both fight for the best things. We're both willing to lead our own lives, but when we're together, we just keep depending on each other too much. Yeah, and I obviously they agreed upon this together. Yeah, obviously. Because it would have been too coincidental. <laughs> yeah, it's not just a randomly at the same time. They're like, we should, we should write a letter. Yeah, okay, sounds good. So after receiving those letters, the school leadership put it on the girls to decide which twin should go and which twin should stay. Mm-hmm. This kind of started a shitstorm. Okay. So the one would have to leave the school yep. and go back to traditional schooling? Yep, or wherever, just somewhere different so okay. that they both kind of flourish. Okay. So it caused an anger between them because neither of them wanted to be the one to leave the other one. Towards each other? Yes. So they ended up yelling at each other at school, which, I mean, if you stop and think about it, it's kind of amazing. Like, well, everyone's just, probably like, whoa. <laughs> like, holy shit. They like, can interact. Yeah, exactly. So, you know... It just imagine being the teacher or the student, like these two don't talk ever, and they're like, no, oh, you, like, whatever. You know, I, they don't have a video of that happening, but mm-hmm. yeah, I'm sure it was a you know, pretty, pretty big fight. So they pretty much go from not talking at all to screaming at one another. 
just like a crazy situation, basically. So when questioned about which twin would be better being separated, uh, Kathy said the answer was June. She seemed to be able to cope better, and she was a little bit more flexible. Okay. So, and this kind of goes on the whole time. Like, Jennifer is kind of the one that almost is the leader, like kind of controlling June a little bit. Like, they ask Kathy about it later, and they're like, you know, she's like, it almost seemed like she was possessed. Like, June was possessed by Jennifer. Okay. Like, uh, kind of checking with Jennifer, being like, is this okay, or and were you doing the right act mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, not that she was stronger or anything, just seemed to be, like, if there was one that had more mental imbalance, right. probably would have been Jennifer, just off of my viewership of this, like, just my opinion personally. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, shortly after these fights happened, June stopped eating, moving, and even dressing herself. Wow. So it was questionable if she was sleeping at all, like just basically completely absorbed and like just ruined mentally. Was she in like almost like a comatose state? Yep. Wow. Like they said, she was drooling. That's Um, really scary. They'd come and try to get her out of bed, like try to carry her and she'd just be like dead zombie. We've seen patients like that at the hospital that we actually have to put a feeding tube in until they come around. Right. And just like refusing to do anything. Yeah. So she was really selling it or going through something really mental, you know, really, really challenging. So there were some video recordings showing one of the girls walking around like a zombie with her hands kind of clutched like she couldn't get out of her mental state. You know, just kind of like, you know, just uh, muscular dystrophy kind of mm-hmm. you know, clutched and stuff and, and pretty scary stuff. It's like one of those situations where an actor goes so far into a part where they kind of change who they are at their core, mm-hmm. like the, the method actors or whatever they call them. Like the one I thought of instantly was Jim Carrey. That's who I thought of. Yeah. You know how he was always like a happy go lucky guy. And I mean, it does suck being the known as the funniest guy on the earth, basically. It's so a I lot can, of pressure. Yeah. So he always had to be on, you yeah. know, like Chris Farley always had to be on and that led to him, you know, overdosing and right. You know, Jim Carrey, he had that movie man on the moon mm-hmm. where he was pretending to be Andy Kaufman. And I don't think you've seen it, right? I have not. But I've seen it. And he basically dedicated himself to becoming Andy Kaufman. So on set, I told you about it where he's Mm -hmm. like, you know, you talk to him, you're like, Jim, and he wouldn't answer. Yeah, that's Andy only. He's only Andy Kaufman. And I don't know if he was single at the time. I don't know if Jim Carrey has kids, but it's like, that wouldn't work because you have to come home and be yourself. Right. Yeah. You're not Andy Kaufman. Like, you're Jim Carrey. Well, you know, you got to remember actors and artists and stuff. They're very dedicated to their craft. That's, uh, you know, not a good balance, though. No. No. I mean, and then you have, like, Jared Leto. You know, he had lost a ton of weight, put on a ton of weight. Like, he's one of those guys. He's into his, his yeah, character. Yeah, I get that. Matthew McConaughey did the same thing. Right. I mean, people do that. But that's different than wiping your own self away to become a character. Right. And, like, with the Jim Carrey thing... Even on the uh, the set, people thought it was funny at first, but like months and months yeah, later, they're like, like, this guy mm, sucks. Something's like, weird here. Yeah. And ever since then, he's been kind of a little off. I actually, I love Jim Carrey. I like him too. But... Hey, Jim, if you're listening, <laughs> we appreciate you, buddy. Okay. So anyways, that kind of would have reminded me of a little bit, just kind of like so dedicated. Yeah. You know, so as the girls got older, they're around 16 now. So did they separate them? No. Oh, because they just basically shut down correct one wouldn't agree what did they think was going to happen when they said i think they thought maybe the other one would leave and then when it came down to it neither one wanted to leave well yeah both wanted to be without each other but they didn't want to be the one to leave the yeah. other one you know like i don't know if they too said, bad there wasn't a different solution just put them on other sides of the school oh there's a different solution okay well let's bum, find out bump bump bum. Some, something something wicked this way comes maybe so the girls got older. They're around 16 now. They left Eastgate, their special needs school. Okay. They started wondering where this game 
they're playing would help ultimately end up. Like right. you were saying, like, what do you think it would happen here? <laughs> well, know? and that's just the thing. Eventually, you're going to be 20, 25. You're going to be an adult. You're going to need a job or you're going to just live at home for the rest of your life. And Where also, does this end? Also, like in our in a couple previous ones, you, know, you have sexual awakenings, too. That, too. Right. You know, you start to think, well, I'd like to, you know, have somebody that loves me and mm-hmm. get busy with some people and not have my sister right next to me <laughs> right right so you know all of a sudden the puberty happens and you want to be like hey how you doing big boy or big girl <laughs> right so um yeah it's a you know a lot of things are happening so at 16 years old they hear about their friends or not friends but people that they know in school going to the discos oh the discos yep hanging out with boys while they were stuck in their rooms only talking to each other and playing with their dolls yeah and that's getting old and they're getting far too mature to be sitting in the room playing with dolls lame af yes as the kids say okay so it sounds like they're sick of being stuck together for a while but they just couldn't bring themselves to leave each other at the same time yeah so definitely like you said some kind of connection that really ended up just ultimately hurting both and a of them. codependency correct and they both know in their heads this is the wrong thing to be doing you know it just just can't break it so while they heard of people going out, they figured they had to broaden their horizons. They found pen pals all over the world. So they also bought a course. Uh, I was going to say online, but it was a mail order. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Art of Conversation to help them how you know figure out how to talk to people like their family and others. Just the basics of human interaction, like how to start conversations. Like, beautiful day, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, yeah, put another shrimp on the bobby. Yeah. Things we just take for granted because we've just been doing it since we've been... Yeah, I, I said you put know. another shrimp on the barbecue probably because of Jim Carrey. Yeah, I was like, I they're not living in Australia. <laughs> Australia. Yeah, right, right. But, uh, you know, if you were in Australia, you'd say that. And <laughs> okay. Especially if you wanted more shrimp. Are they still in Wales at this time? I believe so, yes. Yeah, okay, Wales so pretty much the whole time. They're no from. shrimp on the barbie. Right. So, yeah, just kind of standard stuff they, they, you know, learned. So June ended up being interviewed, said, you know, it didn't really work as hard as they tried. I don't know how hard they tried myself, but they said, you know... I, I have a question. I'm like, did they really like dedicate themselves to it or did they try it like twice and be like, nah, we're not going to do this. This anymore. whole interaction with pen pals. No, the um, learn how to talk to your family. Okay. Yeah. So they they're Yeah. They're writing back and forth with pen pals. They could write pretty decently. Okay. That's um, interesting because you wouldn't think they would know how to even converse via letter. Yeah. Um, there was definitely some weird things, you know, some, yeah. some of the letters and stuff like not standard. Like you'd be like, does this person live on this earth? Uh huh. Yeah. That kind of stuff. But, um, but yeah, they you know they they sent out for that art of conversation. Just said it didn't work for them. So together, like I mentioned, they're good writers, kind of good goodish writers. They decided they would be world famous authors, and they wrote novels. Hmm. Yeah. So June wrote a book called The Pepsi Cola Addict, while Jennifer wrote Disco Mania. Okay. Yeah. And um, let me see if I. And they're about sixteen about years old around this time, or. Oh yeah. So I didn't write in my notes here, but I know plenty about all these things here. So. Um, so the Pepsi Cola addict, they ended up hold, like um, collecting their money, like kind of our version of Social Security or whatever kind of money that they had from the government for being special needs. Okay. They saved it up and saved it up, and they they kind of looked at each other's books and they thought Pepsi Cola addict is the better book. Did they like Pepsi Cola? Uh, yes. So the Pepsi Cola addict, just to kind of give you a background, uh, it was somebody just totally in love with Pepsi Cola. Um, it ended up being like everything they only thought about, like anything in relationships. They thought like, oh, Pepsi Cola would be great to add to this relationship. And they dreamt about Pepsi Cola and it ultimately ended up being like their demise, basically. So um, they were just so dedicated. They couldn't think of anything else like in their relationships and things. I don't want to ruin the book in case you ever want to find it. It sounds like a page turner. <laughs> it's uh, If you're interested in the story, 
it could definitely be something to look into. It'd be interesting. Yeah. So I read the the entire synopsis and everything just to like see. I didn't read the book because you can't find it anywhere. I guess there's like maybe a hundred copies or something. They're all in England somewhere. Okay. Did so, the did the book end with obesity and dental cavities? It probably should have because the um, Pepsi Cola addict they had three hundred cans of Pepsi per day. Who did the Pepsi Cola addict? This is based, in the book. Oh, the, the they're book. they're fake character. Correct. correct. Okay. It's fiction, which okay. is not true. Yes. Yeah. Because <laughs> Allison doesn't know what fiction is. I <laughs> most definitely do. Maybe 15 years ago, I didn't. You have to think about it, though. And I did. And the funny thing is, is that I am a major reader. Yes. You so, read a book about at least a book a week. No, not that much as these days, but okay. I'm reading every night. So I digress. But um bite me mike bite I, I me gladly so they came out with a pepsi cola addict you can still find it in england if you want to try it hard enough i think there's only a few libraries that might have a copy so anyways they came out with that and didn't go anywhere as you'd expect and they said you know people reviewing the book or like there's some weird parts like this they describe things really oddly like that. because they haven't been in, engaged in life yeah and they use w- words in the wrong areas and yeah obviously yeah stuff like that. so um, by the summer of 1981 they're about 18 years old at this point they're very used to writing all their thoughts and dreams and all their diaries. Like they'd write a lot in their diaries. Yeah, I bet. So this documentary goes through a lot of their different writings and uh, pretty much all of their thoughts are in there, which is kind of cool to see what they were thinking and you know, all this stuff. So they filled up notebooks and you know, diaries and they finally decided they had enough of this dual solitary confinement is what I'm calling it. Yeah. I mean, that's really what it is. Yep. So the girls got kind of obsessed with these two American brothers. They found out about while they were at Eastgate. Um, they'd get all gussied up and go out in the morning and try to find them. Um, they, but they're in America, the, the boys. So the boys came over from America cause I think they heard about these girls somehow. I don't know if it was pen pal stuff or whatever. I never got into the, the details of that, but somehow they ended up finding each other and they kind of struck, you know, a relationship together, okay. relation, dual relationships here. So they get all gussied up in the morning and try to find them. They got a lot of attention from these boys. A lot of people said these boys were bad. Um, they did some really bad things, apparently. Um, never got into what the boys did. But just like the, the the school doctor was like, these, I would not be surprised if these boys like beat them and stuff like that. All they could talk about, the girls, all they could talk about was very positive things. Okay. And lots of sex and lots of, you know, their first introduction to romantic relationships. So these boys are living in Wales yes. and like has june or jennifer's parents met them um, like is it an actual relationship or is this like the secret thing kind of a secret thing okay so they got a lot of attention from these, these boys and found the wonders of the teenage sexual awakening <laughs> is what i said so. you have a lot to say about the sexual awakening well, i think it's such a big part like i mean in, in the other story i did a couple weeks ago i mean that was kind of well it's the whole hormone thing a lot i mean even gypsy rose that's the yes one. that's the one that we were talking about with that but yeah. hormones play such a role in so many different stages of your life right and this kind of got them out of the the house and everything so you know like i said these boys were very destructive and damaged individuals according to one of the school doctors so the girls became so obsessed with these boys they became violent toward each other in a jealous rage what were they fighting about? Because weren't they each with one other brother? Yeah, but at the same time, maybe one thought that, I don't know, you know, I guess anything that a teenager can get mad over. Okay. You know, they never got into details, but more just like, you know, oh, he loves you more than me. No, mine loves me more and whatever, you know, or, you know, yours was looking at me or whatever. You know, they don't uh-huh. know how to act. They, you know, these are the first time they've been with <laughs> anybody outside of themselves in, you know, a long time. So um, it got so bad that they each try to kill each other. What? The twins. The twins Holy try to kill cow, each other. How? Um, once via strangulation, 
So they took like a, I think it was a, a guitar chord or something, some kind of chord. And the one tried to choke, uh, uh, June tried to choke Jennifer. I think it was. No, Jennifer tried to choke June. And then another time they both tried to drown each other in a river. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So it's a, yeah, this got them just kind of fit into a tizzy or whatever. Like I've heard about siblings like wrestling around in a rage and like maybe pinning them down and you might say like, oh, you're choking me. Right. But this sounded pretty legitimate trying to kill the other. Yeah, it was it was pretty terrible. So, at, you know, they wrote about it in their diaries, too. And like, I tried to kill her and she tried to kill me. We tried wow, to kill each other. That's scary. Yeah. And, uh, you know, June was looking back at it and she said it was the best summer we ever had in the world, the real world. Because they're kind of looking back at it romantically, being like, it was finally like a taste of real life when we hadn't had that in forever. Well, they were getting out of their, like, room. Right. It's like, oh, yeah, you get a little sick of looking at the same person every day. I mean, no, Mike. Right. No, you wouldn't. (laughs) You you love that. So, unfortunately, one day the twins found a card from the boys that said, we're going back to America on July 7th. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. And just like that, their summer fling was done. So... This kind of put them back in isolation, as you could probably imagine. Mm-hmm. I mean, that would be your first guess, being like, okay, well, they're going to be pissed off and probably not want to talk to anybody anymore, based on their uh, their history here. Um, but in September, they started going out at night, looking for trouble. So, Well, they were getting restless. They had yep. gotten a taste of what it felt like outside in the real world. Yep, exactly. So they started doing some petty theft. Uh, <laughs> you know, they could have just gone and taken a bike ride. I think they wanted to feel alive. You know, they wanted to get like that danger and like, you know, they liked reading and writing and stuff and they wanted that element of... Was it almost like a fantasy land? Yeah, totally. I mean, like, just like Gypsy Rose, yes. they don't know what real life is. It's that whole isolation and not connecting re- with reality. Correct. Yeah. So like doing anything could feel just like regular life to them. They don't know the you know repercussions. Oh, what's the worst that could happen? We get put in jail and it's just similar to our school you know, that we went to for... Our man-made 15- jails. Right, exactly. Um, so, you know, they started stealing some things from stores but one night in october june and jennifer burned down a tractor store so in their diary she's like i've been wanting to burn down this tractor store for a while and june's like she wrote about it again like romantically she's like we doused the place in gasoline and set it ablaze um she wrote about it just like how lovely the flames were and how good it felt and just how freeing it was and how so very romanticizing of it completely 100 percent. not like we just screwed up somebody's entire life and business no basically like a, a dream came true yeah like, we finally, finally burned this place down. And I guess they watched the cops come there and stuff. And they were just, like, waiting for the cops to come. And they never really did. They assumed they just, you know, know who did stuff. And they would come get them. But they didn't at yeah. that point. So, um, eventually, uh, as the cops started asking questions and stuff, uh, the twins got caught. And, obviously, the cops read their diaries. And there it is in black and white, <laughs> literally. Yep. So, they said, okay, well, it's in your diaries and you're going <laughs> yeah. to jail. So, the twins got put into Puckle Church Remand Center. Puckle Church. I That's a that fun, was, fun word. Yeah, Puckle Church Remand Center in Bristol while they were waiting their trials to start. Uh, they decided to stop talking again at this point and were put into the same cell, which, you know, obviously if they were put separated, I think it would have probably gone a little bit better, but they yeah, were put in the same or cell. Or maybe not. Who knows? At yeah. that point, they probably just didn't know. Right. So soon they started to fight, so they were separated. Okay. Okay. But they were so inconsolable that they were brought back together. So similar to last time. So you can't just, win. Right, right. You can't be together, but you can't be apart. Right, exactly. Like, what, what do we do here? Yeah. So what they ended up doing, and they d- ended up doing this like two, three, four times. Like, okay, you're back together. Okay, now you got to be <laughs> sp- split apart. So to prevent the fighting, the workers in the jail got them to agree to only talk to each other via telephone. 
So they're like, okay, yeah, we'll just talk via telephone. In separate cells. Correct. Oh my gosh, what a shit show. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's like the bizarro world. Right. And you're like, uh, this works. I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was kind of smart on their part. Yeah. They can still talk, but not fight each other. Right. Like, this is all, the best you're going to get here. Mm-hmm. We're not putting you back in the same room. We are not keeping you guys apart. So here you go. So now on the telephone, they got to talk to a psychiatrist too while they were there. Uh, Jennifer told the psychiatrist about uh, how she hears voices. Okay, well, that's very important to know. Yep, and sees visions and definitely wants to kill June. Yeah, there's some sort of undiagnosed mental illness happening here. 100%. And then now the entire time they're on the phone together with each other, is somebody listening in to get like... It's the doctor. So they're Is the doctor us, on the phone with them the whole time? Well, different times. So okay, like sometimes yeah. they talk to each other. I'm sure they'd have people listening in. And then other times they had appointments where they would talk to the psychiatrist okay. and try to talk through their problems and everything. So this is where Jennifer basically said, yeah, I, I have voices. I want to kill my sister. And, you know, so she's definitely, you know, one that's that's definitely you know, not not mentally well. June told the psychiatrist about how she's sensitive and she has dreams and premonitions. So not nearly as bad as what Jennifer was telling the psychiatrist. Did they start to medicate Jennifer? They started to medicate both of them. Okay. Because one would think, I mean, is it schizophrenia? I don't know. It's a good question, Allison. I might get to that. Okay. We'll see. (laughs) So when asked about why they didn't talk to people, June told them it was a habit. Just like a habit they, they just developed, and they're mm-hmm. just like, we just don't. It's a habit. Kept going. <laughs> yeah. So, And he's like, huh, a habit. Yeah. How about like, we break that habit? It'll just stop doing it. <laughs> I got a crazy idea. Okay. Hear me out. Don't do it anymore. Yeah. Just start talking and just be normal. <laughs> don't burn places. Okay. And we'll, we'll teach you how to Don't act. try to kill your sister. Right. That's the main thing. Yes. So they also talked about how they tried to kill and drown each other in that river. And, you know, at this point, the psychiatrist like, hmm. Yeah, we've got some issues here. Because no they're a danger it. clearly to each other, but what about other people? Because they burned a building down, somebody could have been killed in the fire. What other kind of potential do they have to do damage to people or things? Right, exactly. Probably a lot. Yes. Um, so eventually they agreed to be transferred to Broadmoor Hospital, a high security psychiatric hospital in Crawthorne, Berkshire. Um, rather than go to prison for the arson that they committed. Okay, probably a good move because clearly they need some help. Right, because instead of just not just prison, sticking them in a cell. Right, I imagine if it was in America, they probably just go to prison. Oh yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> so, um, so this is the only hospital that they were asked about it. So, like, why this hospital? And the guys like, this is the only hospital that would accept them. Okay. So this is yeah, maximum security. It's definitely not a place. Yeah. For, you know, hanging around. Really you know. watching them closely. Correct. So they put June and Jennifer in separate wards of the hospital, and they did not speak at all for two years. Two years? Yeah. That is dedication. No shit. I mean, these girls were like into it, in it to win it. I'm not a silent treatment person. I've never done that whole thing. Yep. There's times when like you've pissed me off and I'm just like, you ask me then like, oh, so blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, fuck off. <laughs> fuck you. Where I'm not ever, like I could never go an hour without talking to somebody, let alone two years. Right. Can you imagine like what thoughts go on in your head in that kind of silence? Yeah, a lot of different things. Mm. Wow. And then, so which one was this that didn't talk? Both of Both. them? Yep. Wow. Both. So, they ended up sending letters to their mom, uh, just kind of asking how that stuff was, and just like, "Oh, how are you?" And like they, you know, some of the letters were read back in that different articles that I read about. And um, yeah, mom said they sent letters to update how things were going, and then they sent letters to each other, but they wouldn't talk to each other because they weren't introduced to each other, and they would just say how things are going in their ward. 
but like how are things going it's like you're not speaking to anyone what are you doing you're getting up in the morning you're going to breakfast okay probably talking to your psychiatrist going to lunch it's like yeah every day okay yep mm -hmm." then i went and saw my psychiatrist yep and then i went and sat in my room group therapy not a whole lot to talk about like in a letter maybe uh unless you're just absorbing it all i guess today told me about how he killed his mother or something yeah maybe when you're not talking you're doing more listening right yeah could be so um this is to answer your question they were officially diagnosed as schizophrenics and they were given tranquilizers every week both of them had schizophrenia that's what they were diagnosed Mm. with yep so given tranquilizers so they ended up speaking once they were given these tranquilizers they probably didn't know which end was up yeah they forgot their silence they're like am i silent i don't know i don't know but i feel pretty damn good i feel good (laughs) right she said it was fuzzy and like she's like we basically forgot that we're silent okay so they started talking again so now they started communicating pretty normally um they but they were still held in the hospital uh they were always like asked like hey i you know we're talking now and you know things are getting better and they'd be like well we're gonna keep you here a little bit longer just like things are getting better but let's just keep you here a little longer could they leave if they wanted to or were they it was um, part of their like sentence okay you know just basically locked in here so and they were just like another year, another year, another year, another year. Wow. So how many on. years did they end up being there? 12 years. 12 years. Yeah. Long time, right? So at this point in time, how old are they? Um, In March 1993, a month before their 30th birthday. Wow. So about 29 years Man, old. talk about being disconnected from like reality and life. Yep. So, but finally they're approved to be able to go to like a smaller security clinic called okay. the Caswell Clinic, a medium security clinic in Wales. But um, on March 9th, 1993, the day before they were going to travel to their new facility, Jennifer got sick. So she was tired, lethargic, and just like, okay, like, is everything okay? Uh-huh. So they bring her down to, like, you know, the hospital area and everything. Died. What? Yeah. Just died. Oh, my gosh. I was not expecting that. I know. That's it. So Jennifer died of acute myocarditis. Wow. So an infection in her heart? Or? Uh, inflammation of the heart muscle, it says. Unbelievable. Which At they, just 30 years old. Yeah. So basically, depending on what you read, they agreed with each other that one of them had to leave. Like, you know, not necessarily that night or day or week or whatever, but that they had written letters to each other saying, like, one of us has to die, basically. And Jennifer was like, I'm going to be the one. And they, it wasn't like necessarily like, I'm going to die. Don't worry. It'll be fine. But it was kind of like written back and forth and kind of like, I'll be the one to die so you can go live. So was this a suicide? No. You can't will yourself to have. It's an unsolved mystery. There was no drugs in her system that they found. Um, I mean, imagine somebody who's depressed, you right. know, the like, they probably have sometimes a high will to die. Like, you can't just sit there and be like, I just want to die and just like die. But these girls were dedicated, man. I mean, if anybody could will themselves to die, don't you think it's one of these two? Possibly? I guess so. Yeah. I mean, of anything. So, yeah. I mean, I don't truly believe a person like, I mean, you can make yourself sick with ill thoughts. So I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, these girls. That were just so, seems very intense. Yeah. And I mean, you could think about anything, like whether it's them talking to God or whatever, just some spiritual stuff. I, yeah. Whatever you're into. I don't know. But kind of insane that just something usually very very uh, not serious acute myocarditis which people have all the time and almost never fatal wow that's really sad so the same day she's starting to feel tired lethargic and just and just boom boom dead crazy yeah and who knows maybe she wasn't really feeling well for some time right but because she never spoke nobody would know right right so from there um things as you can imagine 
uh, turned around for June quite quickly. Like basically she kind of like felt like I'm free. Like an anchor was removed from her ankles. Exactly. And so, you know, she said Jennifer's death brought June grief, but also strangely freedom. And life. Yes. After a year of her, after a year after her sister's passing, uh-huh. June was released from Caswell Clinic on parole. Wow. Just totally, you know, off the shackles and everything. And the video just they show. boom, her, you're out in the world. Yep. They show her mom and dad picking her up. She's like, hey, and whatever. It's like, just well, like. And the, those poor parents, my goodness. Completely. Like, I mean, they're probably besides themselves in this whole thing. Um, after 12 years of being locked up in hospitals, June thought it felt great to be out. Mm-hmm. And like, they were like, well, don't you feel sad? And she's like, well, yeah, but really what I'm doing right now, I'm like living the life my sister never could. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to live every day just knowing that. She, I'm living for her wow. basically here. So she died for me to be able to do this and I'm going to do as much as I can, you know, not, not as much as she can, but to be able to live a normal life. Mm-hmm. You know? Cause she hadn't up till this time. Yep. And she's stronger. She said she's stronger knowing she's doing it because her sister can't. So she's now currently living in Wales and just, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure still pretty, you know, special needs and everything. But uh, so does, do you know, like, does she live on her own? Does she have a family? Does she have a job? Like, what does her life look like? Couldn't find much information on her, unfortunately, uh, from what I read, which I don't know if anything's confirmed. She's living on her own, um, but no family. Wow. So I don't know. A kid, you know, it depends. You know how it gets like dicey. After yeah. the official stuff, and it's like you're kind of to the side and sure. you know, Wikipedia or whatever. It'd so. be interesting to meet her and talk to her and like see how she interacted with other humans. Totally, like another interview. So at this point in time, how old is she? Oh, because if she was born in what 1963, yeah, we got to do some quick my math. math you know, it's just not what it used to be. It was 60. There's probably a bunch of one doing it right 61. Now. Sure, let's say 61. What was there? What was their birth year? 1963. So 63, that's oh, 2023, 22. 22, so 60, 70, 80, 90, 100, 100 times 60. Okay, like how, how moronic, did I say 61? 59, 59, 60, around there. No. 60-ish. Anywho, we aren't the sharpest knives in the drawer, no, so it's ain't. a wonder that we have a home and are able to live on, outside into the real world. Thank goodness for calculators. <laughs> yes. That's all I say. So that's my story. What do you wow, think? Wow, that was kind of crazy i mean is this a very um like isolated case are there other twin cases like this because we talked about the ursula and sabina case in one of our earlier podcasts i sure did and that was a really crazy twin story too Mm -hmm. so i wonder how prevalent these twin stories are um i don't know maybe i'll try to find one for next time too i mean it's just interesting to think you know the power of like what somebody else can do for you and to you yeah and it's not just a twin relationship, but any relationship, a husband and wife or whatever. It doesn't matter. And it's crazy what the mind is capable of. Mm-hmm. I it's, mean, it's incredible, really. from death to just completely being mute and just, <laughs> I mean, they ruin their entire lives. Yeah. The mind is a very powerful thing. Yeah. Pretty sad. It's really, really sad story. Um, it is sad. Unfortunately. I mean, you can think like if they just acted, you know, like. But maybe they just couldn't. For whatever reason. For whatever was going on mentally. Yeah. And then obviously Jennifer died. Right. At age 30. At least June is able to be out and living her life. And in this like documentary, June is talking for a lot of it. So I'm going to have to look at that. Yeah. And you can, it's hard to understand her in certain spots. But um, yeah, so, sometimes I'm like, I have no idea what she just said for the last 10 it, seconds. Do they um, transcribe it or whatever? No, because it's old. Okay. So, um, but it's it's interesting to watch. And, you know, you hear from her mom and dad and everything and that teacher and the old videos. And then their poor little sister. Yeah. 
Yeah, and she was like, you know, she was sad. Oh, eventually they they ended up cutting her out because they just decided we're done talking to her. It's a lot. Yeah, so lots sister, to handle. And the sister's so like sweet. She's like smiley. She's like, yeah, I was sad. <laughs> I mean, like, but you also have to go on and live your life too. Right. Right. So I don't know if she's living with her sister or not. Honestly. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Well, hey, thanks so much for listening. We appreciate it. Hopefully it was entertaining. And uh, don't forget the five-star review on uh, Apple Podcasts or uh, Spotify. I think you have to listen to three different episodes on Spotify before you can review it, which is okay. smart. Either way, uh, thanks for telling everybody you know about us. And, yes, um, thank yeah, you so much. Subscribe and all that stuff. And, uh, and yeah. we'll see you back next time. Yep. Cheers. Cheers, Debs. Bye. Bye.